Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Uses Better podcast, powered by Hobbs. Hello everyone and welcome to the latest edition of our Uses Better podcast. Um, and today I am joined by the lovely Alex Lockhart from Veltech. So say hi, Alex. Hi, nice to speak to you, Dave, and mm. to speak to your listeners. Yeah, it's a great one. So today we're going to talk about probably one of the hottest topics in the bid industry at the moment and one that is bringing a lot of conjecture bringing a lot of opinion bringing a lot of people having debates there's lots of um documents being floated around there there's loads on linkedin and that is the beauty of chat gpt mm. so i'm going to start off this by saying that i have looked at this i have had a play with it I've do I do I profess to be an expert in this? Absolutely not. Um, I'm looking at it with interest and going, how the hell is it going to impact the marketplace? Mm. Um, and it is tech, and you know, we all know that tech is good in some respects. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm going to start off this by asking you, Alex, what exactly is ChatGPT? Sure. So I'm going to caveat this as well and say I'm not a tech expert, so don't come for me if this is wrong, but I, I am interested in technology a lot um, and I work for a technology organisation. Um, so when ChatGPT came out, I was like, wow, this has so much potential. I was like, I need to understand it before I have an opinion on it. And the first thing I would say is it's actually really difficult to say ChatGPT. I've heard people say chat. GTP, GCP, so um, it doesn't roll off the tongue, but what it actually stands for, and I've written it down, is Generative Pre-Trained Transformer. And ChatGPT, as we think of, is actually the website itself. It's the portal to an engine behind it, which is essentially a virtual library of huge amounts of information. So uh, people themselves have actually put in information from books, uh, pieces of content on the internet, in addition to podcasts and videos. And you have this virtual library and what the USP of ChatGPT is the fact that it can respond in a human-like way to questions being asked by humans. And this is why people are excited about it. Um, I don't know if you remember like years ago, you would have that little paper clip on Microsoft Word yeah. and you would ask it questions. And that was probably oh, one of the, I know <laughs> the first things that we can relate to like a machine saying, um, can you open this for me? Can you do this for me? And I can't remember a time when that little paper clip ever really worked for me. And that's why this is exciting because chat GPT in a, you know, in a space that is today, you can ask it to create a diet plan for you. Um, you can ask it to write a speech for you. And a lot of college students, university students are also really excited about it. Um, but for us, we're thinking, okay, stuff that's pretty easy, like writing about account management, let me do this. <laughs> like, let me feed it to a machine. Um, and particularly for SMEs or scale-ups, uh, startup scale-ups, this could be a really interesting asset. So in its simplest form and coming from 
a bed manager talking to other bed managers hopefully that's the best way that i can describe it that's fair that's good i mean i suppose you know i'm a little bit on the fence i mean yes i am excited about it um i'm also quite nervous about it i suppose in some respects because i don't know how it's going to change industry i don't know what it's going to do and i think that's that is the big question at the moment is that we're on the beginning of this path we don't know actually where the path's going to lead i suppose in some respects but saying that we've seen tech in bids change the way we do stuff i mean the biggest example of that i suppose is the migration from having everybody in a war room yep um and then you know putting people in hotels people traveling all the time to get there long days long nights um which is the way the bids used to be in the I won't say good old days, but it's probably the dark old days. Um, through to having remote teams working structured hours, um, all using um, conferencing software and sh collaboration software, and you no, know, that's you know, that has shown us great benefits. Um, and then you know, on the flip side of that, we've seen when bids started off back in the nineties and two thousands. No, everything was we want 15 copies of your bid all printed out all put in folders all made nice and look neat um and now um, no the big thing we saw that was the change to go to digital where mm -hmm. actually probably 80 90 percent of submissions these days are digital uploads mm -hmm. so you know they're traditionally a pdf or a word document but now we're starting to see interactivity come into them we're starting to see microsoft's come to play we're looking at um animations and cgis and visualizations and um logistic phasing diagrams and all kinds of good stuff that um are coming to us we, we have seen technology impact the industry in a good way mm -hmm. um so going back to what you were saying a minute ago where it's a virtual library mm. i suppose in some respects is that you know we seem proposal management software in the industry for 20 years 25 years or so is it just an expansion of that yeah great question so i think when we talk about it from a bid and proposal perspective it's an amazing addition to that so as well as it being a library of content that is from a number of different pieces of content such as um the internet books itself etc it's usp is again that it acts like a human so when we think about rfp libraries we type in some keywords and it pulls up an answer a piece of content that we've either written before somebody else has written that speaks specifically to the organization that we are pitching for uh, what chat gpt can do is explain things in a human way almost like you're asking a colleague next to you or at least that's what it's claiming to do and i would say that it's not quite there yet um but from my perspective i see it as exactly that like a friendly personal assistant i'm sure a lot of people can relate to having a blank piece of paper in front of them and even an sme thinking oh my gosh where do i start and the thing about chat gpt is it gives a piece of content um, which might not quite be right. And I actually find that a really good way to engage with SMEs and start to fix things myself. So it's definitely more than a proposal library. 
uh, it's an extension of that because it has the kind of AI element, it has the programming element. Um, and I think that has a lot more to give than just boilerplate copy and paste, which we know is becoming more and more visible to the trained eye from procurement perspective, even from sea level, they can see when something is not personal. Um, and I think when we're talking about, you know, computers taking over from like our roles, uh, right now, there's always going to need to be a human that interprets that that piece of information. Could you write? Could you get ChatGPT GPT to complete an RFP, even a small one? Uh, I don't think they actually could complete an RFP in its entirety. Uh, it could do potentially a significant portion of that, depending on what you're pitching for. Uh, but it would still need someone to look at that. And for me, it actually gives a much greater opportunity for a proposal or bid manager in the sense that they can become a lot more strategic. And I'm seeing that uh, happen within the industry. People aren't just uh, copy and pasting answers and spelling, uh, like checking it for spelling and grammar. They're actually having a really uh, important critical role in the pitch narrative, the storytelling, the USP, how that translates to customer needs. And I think they're playing the role of someone that can really bridge uh, the gap between the what the client wants and what the SMEs have to offer and what that organization has to offer. And from that perspective, I see it as a massive asset for a bid manager to have in their toolkit. They know that they can rely on this as, you know, a virtual colleague to prompt them on something. And, you know, chat GPT writing something about let's keep it easy and say account management and take them two minutes. If I'm being honest, it would take me at least half an hour to kick that off. <laughs> That's fair. And, yeah. I've written about account management a lot of times, but, you know, we're human and we have flaws and that could be, um, getting writer's blog that could be distracted at home it could be you know something personal in your life is going on and you're not in that great headspace bad night's sleep you can rely on chat gpt to answer something pretty standard and for you to fill in the gaps and then leverage your time as someone that's a professional even more and say okay I'm actually going to take this to the next level and really intertwine it with what I know is in that RFP and what is available about the clients uh organization online so i see it as as an asset cool so you, i think from the outset i think we can sort of say that you're quite pro the technology um i'm, I'm pro the technology and i i say that from a place of obviously you know pitching a lot of technology concepts and having a lot of smart people around me continuously telling me about the art of the possible when it comes to technology but i would say a couple of years ago um, and I was working for like a boutique consultancy. I was talking to uh, an old manager and he was saying, you know, that our jobs will be redundant one day. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, what are you <laughs> tell me? I was like, what conversation is this? And he's like, well, no, you know that a computer could do our job. And that freaks me out because I was like, he's kind of right. Like there's nothing to stop a machine. And this is like years ago doing what I do to a degree yeah but now seeing how innovation has gone in a number of different industries I genuinely feel that 
our role would change with the use of technology and it will evolve to actually be even more critical than it already is. That's a fair comment. So, I mean, there are a couple of, you no, know, I think there's sort of two big headline things with this that I, I've seen on the internet, I've seen on, on LinkedIn, that people are going like, actually, how are we going to deal with this? Mm. And that's around copyright and plagiarism. Yes. Um, because if you've got a machine learning thing, person, it's whatever you want to call it, um, mm. scouring robot. the robot, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to come into my Terminator space later. Um, yeah. So if we've got this, this machine, you know, sat there scouring the internet, um, it's going to come across work that is either copyrighted or it's been, has been written by somebody else. And if you pick that up and just drop it into your submission, which we all know is a bad thing, we all mm -hmm. know that. Yep. But we also know that it does happen in mm -hmm. the world. Um, oh, I'd be very surprised if it doesn't happen in the world. I think it's a better way of putting it. Um, how does that, that's going to have an impact, surely? Absolutely. Yeah, and it's funny you should say that because one of the first things I saw today was... Um, some college students in America using ChatGPT to submit essays. And I can't remember what it's called or when I was at uni, what 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 they use, but they have a plagiarism checker. Yeah. And every time that there's a piece of AI that checks for, you know, pieces of content from around the world, there's then automatically a product that is is needed by the industry to, to go against that. And it's a particularly interesting space for universities because they're the people that care most about plagiarism in my experience. Oh. And they're used to checking for other people's writing on behalf of somebody else. But now they're checking for machines on behalf of somebody else. So that creates a need for another piece of technology to come out to scan for this. And it's already out and people are using it. So it's like if we transfer um, that scenario to bidding and procurement, what's to say that there isn't a piece of technology that's integrated with um a portal to scan for ai uh that would absolutely become something that the market could need and want particularly in the government space when they are so hot on um you know pieces of content being accurate uh, against plagiarism and so on um so i think there's a need for it and it will grow and it's kind of like these two machines might keep getting smarter to outsmart one another um but with that i think is you know you have to apply that human approach i wouldn't look for technology to create an answer for an organization uh, that i'm working for because i don't think that's the right way to go we need what we're, whatever we're bidding for needs to reflect the quality of the organization so i don't think that it will be machine versus ma machine and you're right if someone were to just continuously use that it would be the same as copy and paste they're not going to be very successful um but what are your thoughts on the plagiarism element i i yeah i mean i i think it's opening a door I actually, I did actually run a test the other day. I got an answer. I, I put some chat GPT and I put some, uh, uh, the answer into the anti chat GPT website. Yeah. I can't remember, I can't for life remember what it's called, but it is the, the, the thing saying how to tell if your answer has been written by a, a computer. 
Um, and actually, it, I put five questions in there, and I, I picked mm -hmm. them all up and put them straight into the other one, and it only actually recognized two of them of being written by a machine. So I think it's, no, we, we, you know, we, we, you know, I suppose it's the fine line between where does research mm. end and plagiarism start. Mm, that's true. And I think that's the, the gray area. I mean, if you're lifting copy out of it, and that, that, this is my worry with it, mm. is if, it is, if it is scouring the internet and it's lifting chunks of copy out, yeah, you are entering that realms of plagiarism. Yeah, um, if it's pick, picking a sentence out, mm. is that any different to referencing to something or mm. researching something? So I'm a little bit in between because I know that you know whenever we're doing tenders, you're always looking for best practice. You're always looking for actually what's in the market. What no, what new technology can we bring in to to do this this thing? And you will take lumps of text out of a a solution that the manufacturer has created to use in your submission. Yeah. Yeah. In some respects. Um because mm -hmm. you know, especially like in the IT world, I suppose that the processes are all quite standardized with actually mm -hmm. how you have to approach things. Um so I I don't I just don't know, I think is the honest answer. I don't know actually you know and this sort of leads me on to what I want to chat to you about um in a minute, which actually we want to talk about now to be fair. It's you know what is the threat? Because you know what is stopping companies mm. from you know using ChatGPT to answer all the questions? You know, I know, I get you won't get the USPs, and that's the that is the one thing I'm looking at is. But I suppose the answer is is it has to draw a library from content that exists. Mm. So hypothetically mm -hmm. hypothetically and, and, and you know it never will happen but let's let's, let's talk about it anyway yeah. so if everybody tomorrow went right bang stop we're going to use chat gp going forward everybody or, or i must actually sort of say there are other products out there but we're just talking about this because it's a hot topic um so if everybody stopped writing original content tomorrow and did all their answers through chat gpt how long would it take before everybody is actually using the same answer content yeah yeah it's a good question i think i don't think that's going to happen anytime soon like i mean everything. it won't happen anytime but, but it's like hypothetically yeah hypothetically for argument's sake yeah uh that would be a sad time wouldn't it that would be, it'd be such it'd be a terrible. sad time and again i feel like my experience and what i've seen like talking to other people in the profession like the role of a bid manager is changing. And I think this type of people going for those types of roles is changing. And they don't want to copy and paste. Like they want to put their little stamp on it and, you know, make a name for themselves. And they really care about um, being successful and winning. Like everybody's got a little bit of a competitive streak. And I think that's what fuels a really good bid manager or anyone that works in pitching, to be completely honest. And I think they would be doing themselves a discredit Mm. to copy and paste everything i don't think the type of people we are would be completely satisfied with that and in the current market let's be honest you're not going to win a lot copy and pasting whether that's from your own library uh or using things online i think the you know not just 
having a USP, but being able to articulate it quite often to people that you've never spoken to, uh, clients that may not even understand the company that you're pitching on behalf of. But to copy and paste it would be a disservice and like really articulating what it is about your organization, your team that should be, you know, the chosen bidder uh, for whatever you're pitching for requires a human element. And I think people genuinely, aside from the pressures of it, enjoy creating that kind of narrative and that story and really still having that war room kind of vibe um but even virtually they enjoy that and i can't see that changing anytime soon um if they were to i don't think they'd be in a job for very long like if they were to no. I mean, don't get me wrong I mean, i'm not i'm not talking about you sort of you, you, you know your established big teams your established yeah. companies i suppose it's more aimed at um smaller contracts yeah and where you, you, people might not have a big big team they might mm -hmm. be um, used consultants. They might um, have one person who does all the bids for them, and mm -hmm. then and we we all know the pressure at the moment on people because yeah. there's hundreds of tenders out there at the moment, thousands, you know, of, of actually opportunity out there for everybody. So you know, you could get to a point where some of the smaller entrants, because they don't have the physical um, cash yeah. or the, um, the the people in the business, or so to sit there and go actually we could have a go at this yeah and, I'm and actually they may win yeah and i see i'm that's, that's why I'm a, I'm a big fan of that me personally because there's a lot of people out there that they're smart and they have a talent and they could actually be really good for the organization the industry that they're working in and the economy if they were given a chance and if they are starting out you know with little to no investment and they're going jumping through procurement hoops working particularly with government um and they're trying to you know get their product or their service out there and they're so good at describing that product or service they have themselves or one other person or a small team and they know that their heart and soul is in that product or service and they want to get it out there to the market and they want to grow that organization but they might not be um the best at writing they they might be neurodivergent they might not have all those skills to hand or have the money to invest in it but what they do need to do to jump through these hoops is explain when their company started or explain how they manage people and they can kind of use that baseline that let's be honest a lot of large organizations do have some sort of baseline and they can kind of plug in the gaps and you know pitching like i'm a big believer of like pitch to win but if they are using it as a branding exercise and they their name get, gets out there and they become you know well known within their industry for the technology the service the product that they're offering then that's great and i think that people should um leverage what's out there to help them and um I, i'll be honest i think some of the larger organizations aren't going to need chat gpt as much but as individuals we might be interested in it from you know a basis of i've got brain fog <laughs> please yeah. help me out with this and i think it's not the solution to one problem i think it's the kind of support tool to a number of different bespoke problems okay that's cool i mean I suppose in some respects, and this is where I'm going to get my Terminator referencing, because every time we've been talking about it, I'm dying to get it in. Yeah. Um, so, you know, 
I suppose it goes back to the, right, the real early days of when computers first came onto the market and came prevalent in our society. But, you know, and for those of the people that are old enough to remember the Terminator films, if you haven't watched it, watch it. It's a brilliant film. Um, where you not saw this... Eh? Not sponsored. Not sponsored. No, 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 of course not. No, no, but uh, it's, it's in my top ten of all favourite films, so I'm going to put it there. Um, but you do get this... The, almost this sort of glimpse into the fact that you're going to have computer and it's, it's the old i mean it's across every industry it's been around for donkey's years that you know, computers control computers to build computers to take over computers um and are we in the realms now where we're actually starting to push more onto and trusting a computer yeah. to do stuff um i sound like a bit of a luddite but i'm not honestly i'm not um but and then actually they're controlling what we're doing because we you know we've known that procurement teams will use ai to mark submissions mm -hmm. that has been around for 10 15 years or so um mm -hmm. so you're in a position now where you're going to have a computer a computer generating your base answer you then refine that answer that's then marked by a computer potentially, mm -hmm. potentially. is that not a little bit weird or dangerous or yeah um it's interesting you say that because the there's also technology out there and i'm sure there's graphic designers digital designers in this mm. space having a very similar conversation to us because there are products out there exactly the same as chat gpt um like dali or dali uh mm. which is essentially the same thing you type in what you want a picture of and the style that you want it. it could be an oil painting it could be retro film or futuristic and it will spit out a couple of images for you and then you know i've actually started experimenting with those in pictures because we talk about a lot of innovation and it's really good for us to look at something and visualize a concept um so yeah it's happening in a lot of places but with every threat i think us as humans have to see an opportunity. I, I, yeah, I do get that. And I suppose it's a little bit around where's the control? Yeah. Where does that control sit? How does that control sit? Um, and actually, where is it? Where are you moving away from? It's this, this human input. It's this, mm. you know, it's this, how do I get all the USPs in? Because, yeah. you know, it won't be long. I don't think before you know we talk about actually refining the answer putting um usp in there puts about your company mm -hmm. in there you know at some point somebody's going to come up with a version of this yeah, yeah. Does that mm. and then, then if we get even crazier so so you <laughs> <laughs> crazy on podcast now. Really morning. yeah um you prompted me to think about something earlier and i forgot to pick it up was um bidding the documents itself is as we know a portion of winning the pitch and the pitch being the really important word there and that at the moment we're having at the moment i sound crazy humans speak to other hum humans in a room and it's pitching it's like anything from dragon's den to the apprentice to you know the world that we work in and it's really about a human connection at that point 
So you kind of jump through the hoops, like the organization knows that they're robust, they're gonna uh, be able to staff the whatever it is that they're pitching for. Um, and then it's the humans, that's the final part when a team of people meet another team of people or a person meets another person and they kind of say, okay, can I work with them? And it doesn't matter how good your response is, if someone gets in front of that client or team of people and there is not a good chemistry, they're not going to be successful. And you can be disingenuous about that. And you can be a different person in the pitch to the person you are like at down the pub. But people have their own kind of um, energy and they sense it and their instinct, their gut feel. And that is such an important part. And I think that has to absolutely complement what is in the RFP response in the bid and the proposal, it can't substitute it. So I think that human touch point is going to continue. But what prompted me to say all this was what if in the future it was one procurement robot, sorry, procurement people, talking to <laughs> one pitch <laughs> pitch robot in a room? That could happen, couldn't it? Don't want to scare you even more, Dave. That, that, if that happens, I am retiring tomorrow and yeah. on a desert island somewhere with no technology on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I suppose, no, I mean, it's interesting to say that because you know, we know the old adage is, you know, people buy off people. Yeah. You, know, you don't buy off the company, you buy off the person. If you know, People buy people that they like, I feel. Yeah. I mean, I think it's you have to have that connection. I mean, it's the old yeah. sales thing. No, if you're going to sell to somebody, you have to have a connection with that person. Mm. You know the chances. I mean, you, know, you always get oddities in there, whether by people they don't, they can't stand you. Um, mm. But on the whole, on the whole, and generalising a little bit, if you get on well with your client and you build that relationship with your client, you are going to get a bit more grace. You're going to get a yeah. bit more expressionism. You're going to get to know them a bit better. You get to work them a bit better. But the interesting thing with all this, and the reason why I'm going there with it, is you could have two pitches that are virtually identical mm. and one's that bit cheaper than the other one yeah that's true and then you walk into the room and they go i can't stand you but you've got the best price you've got the best solution yeah. the best thing and your computer's going well you should be using these mm. and you've got that gut feeling we're saying to somebody actually i don't want to do that mm. but who is brave enough Mm. sit there and go i'm gonna go with these guys so i've got a better feeling of them mm. rather than the computer saying but this is the really the best option for you and that's the mm. yeah that's that's the, the conundrum in it all for me is that I you know, some organizations would go down that route of you know what does the computer say and i'll make my choice based on that and and that is kind of a an extension of the scoring mechanism, right? But it's actually arguably more fair because a scoring mechanism is done by a human and it's down to them how they perceive an answer, etc. A computer doing it, whatever the algorithm is, they'll be marking it on purely the performance, the price, as you said. But I don't, I don't know if it's going to happen in our life. I don't think I don't think happen in our generation. But I mean, it's all, um, it's all, it's all interesting. It's, it's, it, I mean, is it, it is, and you know, you can start. I think the, the problem with this, the whole whole piece around this, is that you could really start going down rabbit holes. You could, <laughs> and 
I mean, I mean, you know, like we said before that we, we could spend four and a half hours talking about this because yeah. and trying to concise it in sort of 35, 40 minutes is always quite tricky. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's always that little bit more. Um, as soon as you start talking about something, you, you raise another question, you, you know, and you I can know. go completely off at a tangent, which we probably have done to be fair, but never I mind. Anyway, um, so. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to get us back on track. Um, okay. So, you know, you, you've made the investment, you've gone, right, okay, we're going to use this for creating our base content. How does a bid manager leverage the technology? Yeah, great question. So, we mentioned again, like the pressures on us within the industry, within our profession to be this, um, what do you call it? The conductor yeah. of a load of different people. And there's a people uh, management element to that role. There's a content management element to that role. There's a project management element to that role. And that's a lot to ask of one person that might be managing two or three pitches, two or three bids at any one time. I My personal preference is if there's a piece of technology that can help me solve a problem or have a, a task, I'm going to explore that. And if it doesn't work for you right away, I would encourage people to, you know, watch different types of videos, uh, different types of um, content online to say, okay, how can I leverage this piece of technology to help me solve this task? Um, and I see it as it being a tool within a toolbox. And quite frankly, we have our toolboxes and they do help us and they don't solve the whole thing. We can't simply just pick up something, copy and paste it and put it into a proposal and then we've won it and everyone's happy. It's a lot more complex than that. Having ChatGPT help fill in those gaps um, for me is the answer. So SME time is something that I always talk about. It's no matter what size organization you're in, um, it's very hard to get hold of an SME to support us with a response because they're busy and they're, they're not, their first task isn't to churn out responses to pitches. So if I ask ChatGPT something and it gives me an answer, and this is kind of going back to the first thing that we spoke about, I can look at it and be like, okay, that's an answer. I'm not a subject matter expert in that space. But David's so I'm going to send it to Dave and you're going to look through it and rather than a blank piece of paper you might say oh that's not quite right that's not quite right or you might even send me a piece of content and say this is you know where I want you to plug it in the amount of time that that can potentially save one-on-one -on -one or answer per answer is huge and then when you wrap it all up into a whole bid plan you're significantly reducing the amount of time that you're spending either chasing people or writing something from scratch, or you know, asking an SME to onboard to a bid. And that for me is useful. And I would say use it as a starting point, use it as a way to either um, encourage yourself to get inspired as someone that's, you know, you're working next to and you kind of ask them a question and they give you an answer and it's not quite right, but actually it prompted you to think about something else. Ask it as a way to feed your subject matter experts, even the wrong answer, you know, and I think it is it is going to evolve. It's content. It, it's going to make money. So they want it to be the best it can be for anyone that's going to use it um, and see see what it does for you in your organization. See what it does for you as an individual. I could certainly use a hand from time to time writing about something that I have written about 
10, 15 times before. I know from working with people in teams that they find it easier to tell me what's wrong with something rather than what's right with it. <laughs> and I and I use that as kind of leverage. Um, so for me, it's yeah, certainly a tool within my toolbox. I wouldn't rely on it for everything. I would definitely encourage people if they're having a bit of brain fog to use it. Um, and I wouldn't want us to solely rely on something that's online to, you know, answer a question and convince the client that we're the best organization, because quite frankly, it's not going to do that job. That's how I would leverage it for that's a business manager. No, I get that. And um, actually, that makes total sense, to be brutally honest. So I, I suppose it leads me on to my sort of last thing on this, where the one thing that always concerns me with all mm -hmm. technology is the fact that, you know, you have stuff like, um, you know, you might have project for doing your can chat, you might have chat GPT for doing this, you might have Kubernetes library, you might have, you know, you know 15 or 20 different packages that you use mm -hmm. on a day-to-day -day basis. There's got to be a way we can get all these to talk to each other, I because think I that's, think that's the the missing piece. I think I think that's absolutely possible. So when we look at RFP repositories right now, <clears throat> they're almost in phase one of Chat GPT, and it's very manual. They're collecting information, people inputting it in themselves. The next step is okay. How can you add AI to this so that rather than asking. Uh, a folder structure to pull out a piece of content where we're asking it a question it's collating all the information that already exists and it's producing an answer and that would be far more beneficial to bid or pitch teams because it would be specific to the industry you're working in and the organization you're working for uh, that would be the next phase who knows after that if that's going to be a <laughs> robot that we sit next to um, and i think that would be great like there's huge potential for these organizations to invest more in the te technology that they've already developed. Um, and then you're gonna have more organizations and it's gonna be better for us as end users to get the best value for money and to have more options when it comes to that. Um, there's ways that you can integrate um, RFP libraries with uh, products that we already use, so Microsoft Teams, Word, et cetera, CRM systems. Um, and I think there is gonna, eventually be a one solution fits all but i also think there's gonna be five different one solution fit, fits all mm. um, and that's a good thing right it's good for them for it to be competitive it's good for us to have choice and i think there's going to be different useful solutions depending on the what you're pitching so SaaS versus uh products for instance yeah. architecture versus construction similarities but differences cool Beautiful. So, yeah, I'm just going to wait for Arnold Schwarzenegger to start walking yeah. down the um, road, telling me I'm doing my RFP wrong, and then um, yeah. we go from there. So, uh, yeah. I'm using Skynet droids behind or something like that. So, right, one last thing. How, as we always have been doing now, recently we close the podcast, the podcast even. What's your favorite biscuit and why? Okay. I, my first answer is Jammy Dodger. Oh, really? I, oh yeah. Just give me a jammy dodger and I'll be happy. It doesn't matter if you've submitted something <laughs> late. I can easily be bought. Um, but I would also say classic vegan mentioning they're a vegan, but um my old favorite biscuit, controversial controversial used to be a Jaffa cake. 
and I can't have them anymore because it's got like gelatin, dairy in. But I often dream about Jaffa cake, so hopefully they bring out a vegan one. And then well, I'll that's the thing. Yeah. So what's yours, mate? Uh, I'm I'm a rich tea boy. Every day of the week, it's got okay. to be done. Nice, basic, simple, dunkable. Yeah. Always got to be done. Always got to be done. So um beautiful well alex it's been absolutely lovely talking to you as always um thank you for joining us on, on the uh, on the podcast thank and um i've no doubt we'll be talking again in a few years when we're sat next to arnold schwarzenegger and yeah. um well you'll be my personal assistant robot or something like that that's the one that's the yeah. one <laughs> great to talk to you have a great day and thanks everybody for listening you too thank you bye bye Bye.